Welcome. You are listening to a special episode of TLR's podcast. In this series, we are talking to the reviewers who brought you TLR's 55 most reread books. Each episode breaks down the list into specific favorites for that reviewer. You can find more reviews and best of lists on thelesbianreview.com. Be warned that we are talking spoilers in this episode. With me today is the amazing and awesome Anna, who is a sound engineer extraordinaire and reviewer at TLR. Anna, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, I appreciate it. Today we're talking about your selection for our 55 most reread books. So these are two mm-hmm. books that you reread more often than any of the other books, right? Exactly, especially this time of year, because I I start getting into that whole, you know, family and being in love and being very romantic. And these two books actually kind of encompass that a little bit more for me. It's cold where you are over the, the December period. Yes, it's really cold. So basically, I just sit, sit here and read a lot of the time. <laughs> and so you want that sort of heartwarming story about love and, and being together and, you know, finding that that someone. Or refinding that someone, as one of my books says. Also true. Okay, so let's crack right along. So your first one is Second Chances by MJ Duncan. So this is the refinding. Yes, this is totally the refinding. Um, I remember when I picked this up, I was still kind of coming, learning more about lesbian fiction at the time. So it was definitely one of the earliest ones I picked up. And I remember reading the synopsis and I was like, okay, this actually sounds really cool. You know, it's like, it was like thinking about, you know, if I had like that college sweetheart that something happened, it's like, what would I do? And I kind of intrigued me. And I was like, okay, let's go with that. I didn't realize it was also her first book um, when I picked it up. But as soon as I read it, it's like from the first line when it's like uh, she felt a a high heel get thrown at her head. I was like, okay, this is going to be interesting already. I already know what I'm in for. And just going through and reading about Charlie and Mac and um, like what they went through when, when they are like, you know, why they broke up and how Charlie's just like, she totally knows that Mac was the one, but just timing was off. And so she, fate has a way of bringing them back together where Charlie's like, I'm going to go do this, you know, year long professorship. And lo and behold, it just happens to be the same college that Mac is at. What a coincidence and everything. And it's just funny to watch. It's, it's also very endearing to watch them reconnect. Like they're, Charlie's wanting to, Mac is obviously just like, no, we We've done that, been there, done that. Don't want to go through that again. Don't want to go through the hurt again. But then Charlie just starts pulling out all the charm. Those are my favorite scenes is when she just goes in. It's like she's trying to be all friendly and flirty. And it's like you just start seeing these little things where she starts letting it slip. Like she really does want this again. And it just slowly starts to wear Mac down. And I'm just like, oh, these are, those are some of my best scenes. It's like, I'll reread those scenes over and over again, where she's like bringing her food, bringing her stuff from her travels. And I'm just like, this is just so awesome <laughs> to read and to be like so into. And it's like, and then they get to, they get to, you know, they get together and everything. And it, it just gets so much better, you know. But one of my favorite things is that they do address the past. And it's like, what happened? And then they both realized that neither one was completely at fault and neither one was completely innocent either. 
in what happened between them. I mean, yeah, Charlie was was tired of playing being in the closet because of who Mac's father was in the university. And, that, you know, that's an understandable feeling because it can be very suffocating even for the person's partner. And, but she never understood. And Mac just felt like she couldn't do anything. But then Charlie points out, we could have gone to another town. We could have gone on a trip somewhere and we could have held hands. We could have done this. We could have done that. And maybe that would have helped salvage the relationship. But at the same time, I think what's meant to be is meant to happen so that way they can grow and they can learn. And that's what I love about this story. And it makes them all the better when they get back together later. So it's just so one of my favorites. I want to I actually did pick this up when I, when you made this list. I was like, I'm going to go pick this up again and read my favorite parts. It's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I totally get that. I've actually picked up a couple of the rereads books that I put on as well. And I've been, you know, going through them. And it's actually been just like coming Back to an old friend. It's been so wonderful. Uh-huh. Duncan, though, does really good chemistry. She really does. I've noticed that through all her books. And I've loved seeing as she writes more and gets, you know, better. It's like even her most recent one that just came out is like, I was kind of worried about the chemistry because it, it is age gap. And usually with age gap, you, you always kind of wonder, is the chemistry going to be there? And it really was. I was surprised, pleasantly surprised. Oh, I'm always pleasantly surprised when I see really good chemistry between age gap. And it's just, you know, it was just one of the, but I, I've noticed that as she's matured, as she's gotten more writing, more books under her belt, she has gotten a hell of a lot better. And I love seeing writers progress like that, especially when I have pretty much everything they own they've ever written. I'm just like, yep, definitely better. Yep. Yep. Totally going on the up and up. Okay, good. When's the next one? (laughs) (laughs) She also writes beautifully, like her, her, her words and her sentences and the way she actually constructs the story is beautiful. I love writers who can do that for me. Because a, yes. a good story is great and good chemistry is great, but not every writer can add that, that sort of oomph with the actual sentences and the construction and the word use. That's what I loved about Second Chances was that the writing was so natural. Like the, the conversations between Mac and Charlie, they have that familiarity between two women who knew each other years ago, but they also have that, you know, awkwardness of do I want to get involved with this person in any way, shape or form in the now because of what happened and everything. But it show it also does a really good job of showing the progression of that awkwardness into friendship, into intimacy so well. It's like, I think one of my, another one of my favorite scenes is when they were walking back after the football game and they just have that easy conversation. And it's like, this is after they've already cleared the air about, you know, what happened why they broke up and everything. So you can tell Mac is starting to come around to the idea of friendship at least. And she starts allowing Charlie to kind of have that conversation, those lovely little moments that just show that they do still care about each other and that there is a possibility for a future, even if, you know, they're not totally uh, able to see that yet. So I just love those moments. And like I said, the whole flirting scenes in the office are just still some of my favorites. (laughs) There's definitely something magical about good flirting. Like flirting, I think must be one of the more difficult things to write that and sex scenes, because you have to have 
I don't know, magic fingers or something to be able to like really create amazing ones because it can uh-huh. fall, it can fall really flat and just become silly. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what, I mean, that's always a risk I find, especially with flirting scenes. Cause it's like, well, we already see the chemistry. Why are we going through this whole, you know, charade of flirting, you know, but I think Duncan does a really good job of setting it up, you know, because she has outside influences for both Mac and Charlie. They have these really great friends that they can talk to. And I think even Charlie says, you know, I'm so in love with her, but I know she won't even give me the time of day when it comes to that. And her, I'm sorry, MJ, I'm forgetting uh, Charlie's best friend's name right now. And I feel bad about that, but it's still like, it's barely eight o'clock in the morning. So that's, that's my excuse. But yeah, he just asked her, you know, flat out. It's like, what did you do to win her the first time? And he's, she's like, well, I did charming little things. Like I put notes on her door. I put, I did this. I brought her her lunch, you know, and everything. He's like, well, you might have to do that again. And I think that's just so, such a simple thing. But at the same time, it's so complicated because you know that the other, you know, Mac's probably going to catch on to it and she's going to figure it out. And it's like, okay, how is she going to respond? Is she going to allow her to continue? Is she going to put like, you know, a stop sign on it right away saying, you know what? I know what you're doing. You need to stop. And luckily Mac still has feelings for Charlie. So she does allow it to continue. And that's what allows it, the whole relationship to progress. And I love it so much because it is, I mean, being in love with somebody, yes, it's about the big stuff, you know, the big I love you's, the big I this and that, but it's also about the little things the other person is willing to do for you. And I think Charlie shows that very well. Absolutely. It's those small moments that make it real. Yeah. And it actually shows that the relationship will last if that person is willing to do those little things for you early on and vice versa. And if they're willing to do those little things for each other, I think. Thank you for spending your time with TLR. We rely on the support of listeners, patrons, and advertisers, so please click on our links to buy, check out the show notes to find our Patreon link, and support our advertisers. You are listening to the Lesbian Review Podcast. We bring you the best lesbian books, movies, and music reviews on thelesbianreview.com. Which brings me to your second choice, which is truly a classic. And I think uh, three reviewers actually marked this as a reread for themselves. So so it's a very popular one. And I can see why. I can see why. So it's starting from scratch by Georgia Beers. Always a good one. I mean, whenever anybody... And this is the things like we do on Twitter. It's like, hey, anybody have any recommendations or stuff like that? I That's the first one I always say. It's like, you need to read this. Totally. Um, I just, I remember when I, I, it wasn't the first Georgia Beers book I read. It was actually, I read um, A Little Bit of Spice uh, was the first one I read. And I was like, okay, I like the author's writing. So I went back to her, through her backlog. And I was just like, okay, what else, you know, is it in this Honestly, the synopsis totally stood out with me because it was like, this is kind of like a romantically awkward woman who has a total crush on, you know, somebody in her daily life, you know, but she has, she would never in a million years go up to her and say, hey, let's go out. And I'm like, that is totally me. I need to read this book. 
I totally need to read the read this book. And I was I was surprised to see it was in first person because I think that was the first um, first person book I ever read, but it didn't throw me. Um, and I really just enjoyed, you know, it's like okay, you know, totally me, socially awkward, you know, when it comes to like being romantically involved. And I really just enjoyed like she was very charming. She's very, you know, the lead character is very charming. She's very charismatic and um, she has a lot of wit to her. And I think it just kind of helps, you know, hide that. And I just, the situation kind of presented itself where she gets, you know, asked by her best friend to help. Hey, I need an assistant coach on my t-ball team. And that's how she ends up meeting the woman of her dreams. And it's like, oh crap. Oh yeah. And her dog, Steve, you know, Steve kind of, you know, put it out there too and everything, but gotta love Steve. Gotta love a good dog, honestly. And it's just fun to watch it, you know, like, you know, she kind of has this, like, the way she broke up with her last girlfriend isn't the greatest, you know, she kind of told a little lie. And unfortunately that lie comes and bites her in the butt, you know, at some point and everything. But those are the kind of conflicts I like, where it's like, it's not some grand, you know, overly like really this would happen in real life it was just kind of like I said something stupid to get out of a relationship and she explains this which I love even better she's she explains this to like her love interest and it's like and she's like I said something stupid to get out of a relationship it wasn't what I technically meant at the time but at the time she hadn't had a lot of you know experience with kids either but getting to know Max getting to you know know the kids on the t-ball team she realized kids are actually something she could see herself doing. And it's like, it just goes to also show that, you know, opinions change over time. So what you may say to somebody to, in a really stupid situation, I still, I will always call it a stupid thing to say to somebody, period. It's like, I don't want to have kids because I don't want to be with you anymore, basically. Um, can really just, you know, your mind can change as you get put in those situations that allow you to have those. And I, again, I love the relationship with her grandmother. I thought that was great. I cried when the grandmother died. I'll, I'll put that out there. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, it kind of has to happen because it, it does set up for a great conversation, a great interaction with bringing her love interest back and to like have that, those moments again. But yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those. I mean, honestly, the, it's like, yes, I, I reread sex scenes. I'll admit it. But for this book, I go to that last little bit where it's like she's being consoled after her grandmother dies. And then she asks the very important questions like, why are you still here? You know, it's like, yeah, my grandmother died. I appreciate all you're doing for me, you know, helping me, you know, get the funeral arrangements, helping me clean out this, helping me do that. But why are you still here? And she's like, well... I was told by my ex that I was being an idiot. And I was like, yes, somebody said it. <laughs> Thank you. Because I, I can understand her reaction to being like, you said you didn't want kids. And yet here I have with my child and everything. But she didn't allow her to explain. So, yeah, it's like, okay, sometimes you need an outsource source. So, if anything, that was the only reason I didn't want first person. Because I wanted to see that conversation with her ex. Her ex just flat out telling her, you're being an idiot right now. And I would tell, I was like, if this ever got made into a movie, we're going to have that scene. Period. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
I wish listeners could see your face right now when you're talking about these books because you just light up. I love them so much. They're just so great, you know? And like I said, that's the reason I reread them all the time. It's like, I may not always have the time to sit down and read them all again because, you know, my book list is still... I. I think I have like 50 books I still need to read and I still add more, you know, but it's like on those nights when I'm just like, you know what, I think I'm going to revisit this scene between either Mac and Charlie or this one over here where she's baking after her grandmother dies. And it's like Max comes over, sweetest kid I've ever read in a book. I get top notch and everything. He is the sweetest kid. And he just, he does the best thing anybody can do in that situation where he just keeps her company while she's baking. And then when he finds out what happened, he just hugs her around the waist. I'm like, oh, I want to reread that again. You know, <laughs> that's what I do. He is adorable. I agree. And the dog completely. Agrees. Oh, yeah. Gotta love the dog. <laughs> and the baking and the way Beers incorporated the food uh-huh. into the narrative was genius. Yes. She didn't make it as like, you know, the whole, oh, she just likes baking, you know, she actually had it as a connection to her grandmother's like, this is what we did, you know, when I was feeling down, or when we were feeling happy, and we just wanted to put our hands to good use, this is what we did. And I love that connection more than anything else. And it, it even shows in her grieving process, that's what she does. She just, she just kept baking, and kept baking. And it's like, that's when Max like, are you having a party you know and she's like no my grandmother died and it's like you you just you can tell the kid it's just like i don't know what to do entirely but he he just does the only thing he can do which is hug her and i i just love the description that she puts about what what's like going through her mind and everything it's like that's exactly what she needed right then and there and then of course like a few minutes later you know after she sends max home it's like his mom shows up and then she just cr- she just crumbles right then and there. And that's when it all starts coming back together again. She starts teaching Max to bake though, doesn't she, at some point? Yeah, she does. She um, He comes over because of the dog, of course. And she just says, you know, yeah, this is what we're doing. This is what I'm doing. And she, yeah, she uses him as a, like, like a sous chef, basically. And he really gets into it. And so that way, when we get like to the epilogue, you can see that it's totally still with him. You know, I don't think she actually, I don't remember right off the bat if she actually has a scene where they're baking together in the epilogue, but from the way she talks about Max, like, because she's sitting there pregnant and everything, and he's like, turned into a really good young man. You can tell that the baking is still kind of with them, that it's still their thing, which I totally was like, yes, thank you for letting them keep that. I feel that, you know, it just really just shows that they still have that bond. And I love that. And what she got from her grandmother she's passing on, which I just thought was beautiful too. Oh yeah, totally. And yeah, the fact that in the epilogue she's pregnant, you know, they're going to have a child together. That shows definitely that she's gotten over her anxiety about having kids and everything. And I think, again, it was one of those things where it's like, she, she did want it. She just didn't want it with that specific person. So she told a stupid lie again. But again, you know, sometimes the things we say come back and bite us and that introduced the conflict that they needed to make what to kind of show that they've been able to resolve and be able to move past it. So, yeah. Absolutely. If people have not read either of these books, which should they start with and which would they do second? Oh, my God. Um, 
if I had to choose, if I'm going based off now, I would choose Second Chances just because it, there is some holiday stuff in there. So if anybody's looking for like a decent holiday read, this would, Second Chances would be the one. Outside of that, oh man, I, I honestly don't think I could choose because they're so well written. Both of them are. Both of them have really good like stories that I love to read again, reread over and over again. And both of them are just so easy. Like I think I read Starting from Scratch in two days. Um, I think I read Second Chances in four and that was only because I had to work, but I, I guarantee I would have just sat there and kept turning page after page after page because it's just so great, you know. But yeah, I, I honestly can't put, I can't, I'm sorry. I mean, like, like I said, holiday season, go with MJ. Totally go with MJ. That's the best one because they're, like I said, there's holiday stuff. But outside of that, no, I'm not going to choose. <laughs> so how about it? We say, if you feel like baking a gorgeous kid, a puppy that you will never forget, go with starting from scratch. Yes. A sweet, getting back together, charming, lots of flirting romance, go with the MJ Duncan. Yes, that, those are good qualities. That's how you separate it. Yes, right there. <laughs> Anna, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, so where can people find you online if they want to connect with you? They can find me on Twitter at agramlick78. I'm also on Facebook. I have a professional Facebook page called Anagram Sound. If anybody needs any sound services, give me a look up there. Otherwise, it's anagramlick. That's my personal page. So Cool. I will add links to the show notes. So anybody wants to connect with Anna, you go right ahead. She's great. I suggest everyone does that. Aw, oh, thank you. Thank you for tuning into the special TLR podcast series, where we have been chatting about our favorite rereads. Please make sure to use our buy links for Amazon, or become a patron. Using our buy links gives us a small commission on purchases you make on Amazon within 24 hours of clicking the link. Becoming a patron means you get exclusive content. Go to patreon.com slash the lesbian review for more.